Hi, this is Steve Bongo, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. <laughs> Steve, you're laughing. <laughs> Steve, you're laughing, but I've done it before. Rena will tell you. How are you? Good. How are you? How are you both? I'm doing well. Thank you. Nice to see you. I have Did gone. Did you just ask him how his balls are? That's what I thought it sounded like. <laughs> I love that this went off rails immediately, but Steve, it totally sounded like you said, How are you? How are your balls? <laughs> well, that's what I said. Right. I'm I said, sorry. <laughs> no, I, that's very funny. I said, How are you? How are you both? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take balls. Balls works for me. If I, you want me if you want me to answer honestly, Steve, they're fine. Great. Now <laughs> is, is that them as in the two people on the call or them as in <laughs> Yes. Can I answer yes? Perfect. You did, and that's fine. <laughs> and to answer your question, I'm still waiting for mine to drop. But yeah. Well, that it's it sounds like that might be close at hand. <laughs> Steve, are you ready? Are you ready to hang up on us now? No, no, man. This is the most fun I've had all day. Are you kidding? You guys are great. Sorry, we like to keep things a little bit fun. That's uh I think that's tattooed on me somehow. Oh good. I, it's all, <laughs> there's way too much gloom. I in fact I, I do a stream myself and uh, we do it from the no gloom ballroom. So believe me, I'm with you. I love the humor. There's you know, there's just not enough of it these days, so we have to do our bit. I one hundred percent agree. So anyway, thank you for joining me. I'm Bruce. There's my partner Rena. Rena Bruce. How are your balls? <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be a theme, through, a theme through the whole thing. Huh? I'm just going to start every new sort of encounter that I have with people that I've never met with this and just going to be like, but this is what says. So, nice. I'm all about starting a trend. So let's have at it, kids. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But how's your day been, Steve? It's been great. Um, some dog walking, um, some breakfast. Um, dog playing. What kind of dog? Some, I know, uh, <laughs> an incredible dog. He's, uh, a Catahoula leopard dog. Oh, nice. And he's, yeah, he's a, a what? We have a Catahoula, right? Like the dance kind of uh -huh. leopard dog. I've seen pictures he's, of him before. Uh, he's the state dog. You know what? I'll show you. He's kind of big. He's the state dog of Louisiana. I don't know that you're going to be able to see his State picture, dog but... of Louisiana? <laughs> yes. I thought uh, I was like, oh, my God, you're adorable. Oh, he's cute. <laughs> That's amazing. I am so dog-deprived. You have no idea. Well, I, it, dogs rule our world. Dogs, yes. Live in Florida. Lori and I live in Florida because of a dog. We moved here um because our we had a wolfhound mix cody who needed hydrotherapy because he was big dogs are not supposed to live that long he was 14 and didn't show any signs of letting up but he couldn't really maneuver and we lived on the side of a mountain so we said you know what let's buy florida good <laughs> for you loved it.
much. No kids, so yay. Um, <laughs> and dog, you know, dog is uh, is the best. I wanted to get when we rescued him. I wanted his brother too, but someone had already put a claim in on him. But they were just they're they're beautiful dogs, and uh, I'm lucky to have them. Tell me again. You said that he's a rescue. Where yeah. did you guys get? Is it like you know? Obviously, in the states, you guys have a lot of strays, and you can just go to a shelter. I'm in Finland, so here it's quite different. You can't just walk up to a shelter and get shelter and get a rescue dog. You basically get rescue dogs from Spain or Latvia or like wherever that has a street dog issue, but not here because they're gonna die no, of the cold. That's not these. Um, this particular group that we got him from is a Catahoula rescue group. So they, I guess, find litters that are unwanted. Uh, the, the last one that we got years and years ago was um, rescued as, as a puppy from a hurricane. So it, it's, you know, there it's rescue groups here. And I guess you have to be ASPCA. I don't know that it's universal throughout every state. So it might be different like it is there, but here, uh, you know, there's a real population problem and and we really need to, you know, do our bit so we don't go for the it's nothing wrong with boutique dogs. It's just, you know, we, we got a great one and yeah. love them to death and uh, rescued them from something not quite as sweet. So they're right. Adopt, don't shop. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All of mine yeah. are rescues, too. This is my fifth great Dane and they've all been rescues as well. So. That's great. What did you do? Do you go to a Great Dane rescue group? There's a. I live in Virginia, and there's a lady who's about two hours from me. She has about a hundred acres, and she gets them from all over the country. You know, out of uh, shelters, kill shelters, or found in. This one was found in a dumpster at at six months old. So she finds them everywhere, and then she kind of rehabs them, gets them their licenses and their rabies shots, and then finds homes for them. And I've been going there since as long as I can remember. Twenty years now, I just get Great Danes from her. So. That's fantastic, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's the good stuff. That's what we want to hear, is, you know, people doing their bit. There's a lot of animal consciousness down here where I am and a lot of animals, you know, so there's a lot of accommodation for you. You can't go to a drive up down here without them offering your dog uh, a treat. It's, yes. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Even paying toll to go over the bridge. Yeah, they, Absolutely. Anyway, so we didn't come here to talk about dogs. I'm glad we did, but I don't want to eat up your time. So, uh, yeah, believe me, I have time, and uh, we, you know, let's not compromise why we're here. So, Correct. Just, so let's talk I'm about. I'm going to just interrupt there and say that it's it's not like this show ever. <laughs> it, it could be about tattooing penises. It could be about dogs. Like you never we have know. had it's those conversations, right? <laughs> You know what? It, uh, people are people too, <laughs> you know. And um, the the nice thing I, I do a you know like I I do a stream and it's supposed to be an hour, you know. But I, but I do it with my friends that I haven't seen in thirty years, and, it's, and so it's like, hey man, what do you you know? It's all busy, right. you know, people in the biz. And about eight o'clock, my wife starts the flag waving the flag. Dinner soon, dinner. <laughs> it's like, Dinner's getting cold. She's got all the flags, you know. I will tell you, Steve, we have gone down so many rabbit holes and I have learned so many things I don't think I've ever wanted to hear on this show when we talk to people. So it's it's quite interesting. 
Well, good. Now, listen, I, you know, it's, it's about getting to know your subject and, uh, yes, it's really about the fun. I I enjoy this whole medium. I'm, I'm very grateful that we can even do this, you know, here in the 21st century. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how resilient we are, our, the entertainment community and, and how inventive we are in the end, you know, we'll find a way. You yes. Know, and if you want to segue right into it, like Ed Whistle said, he would play at the opening of an envelope if there was somebody there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's that. great. How, how, how did this uh, Obsumed come about? I know you worked with his son, right, Chris? Is that what I read? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, the, um, to put it in the right perspective, John and I, you know, we've been musical partners, business partners, or had been for 15 years. And over that time, we accumulated a pretty good um, catalog of demos or song ideas. And, you know, we trade them back and forth. I'd send him mine. He'd, and, um, and so uh, I had... A lot of that stuff, I, I have everything that you hear on this record and volume two. Um, <laughs> what did that sound like, Rena? <laughs> <laughs> volume two, volume two. Um, volume so, two. so when I, Chris is the only, uh, Chris Entwistle is the only one, you know, direct descendant in the family, certainly the only one that represents the estate. Chris and I have been the best of friends since he was 16 years old. I've known him now, obviously, longer than I've known John. But, um, you know, I have I have pretty much the blessing of the estate to pursue whatever it is I want to pursue, as long as, obviously, I do it, you know, to some pretty exacting um, specs right. or, or qualifications so when I, when the opportunity it had been 20 years i've been being asked by fan you know, you guys don't do you have anything that you didn't release is there any new stuff is it? and i couldn't even for the first several years couldn't even think about that um and then life goes on you do this project you do that project and then you find yourself here in this you know uh pandemic world uh, which affected or affects the entertainment industry on every level affects us all but right so i had made a connection with uh deco entertainment who a lot of my friends are signed to that label and it's a it's a real it's a real label like you know back in the 70s when they were real labels and they have a great pr team and they're distributed by warner brothers um and so i you know i said well maybe now's the time so i rang up chris and i said listen i have a deal pending to do a rarities album you know uh, do you have any idea what we should call it and he, without missing a beat he went oxoomed right i mean the ox exhumed so i figured well that's a sign right <laughs> and and so that was so i went ahead and i named the, the project and i named the uh you know the record and then we started in on it and and for me the hardest part was deciding you know, I want volume two to be as good as volume one or better. And that's always the goal. So for me, it was starting off. I started off by finding two volumes worth of material at a minimum and then figuring which of this would I save and which of it would I use. So there are eight studio tracks on on volume one, uh, two 
absolute demos and three live tracks. And it oh. seemed like a good blend because I know nobody's heard the live tracks. I'm uh, relatively sure no one's heard the two demos. The, ver the eight songs that are on there are alternate versions or remixes or remasters. So I wanted, uh, you know, how did it come about? It came about because the fans wanted to hear more John and I had it. So you got to share. How emotional was it going, revisiting those tunes from way back? Well, the studio, the, the worst part of it was when we were remastering the two demos of the songs that John and I wrote for possible inclusion on a Who record. And there's quite a few of them, actually, but these are the two that I thought John would have wanted people to hear. And, you know, I don't listen to those. They're demos, so they're never recorded to be released. They're recorded to be an example to someone of, you could do this song better than we did it. You know, right. that's the idea. You don't want to intimidate anybody or, or cement anybody's ideas. So listening to those was hard because I remember, um, I guess we wrote them a year or so before John passed. And uh, no, actually it would have been less than a year uh, that he passed. But um, when I listened to those and I realized what potential there was in there, you know, potential for what it was that John was looking to do, what I was looking to do. And if we weren't, you know, if it didn't get used by the Who, they were certainly great songs for us to play in our band. And either way, that would have been great. So that was a little emotional because it's kind of like a, you know, a stillborn kid, you know, it's like it's right. there and you see, oh, God, this could have been amazing. So that was tough. But at the same time, realizing fans are going to hear John's thought process, um, that was that outweighed everything. The really worst part of the whole thing, and it's been a long time, so they, I don't want to sound like a suffering friend or right. It's tough, but the worst part of it was having to go through all the live shows. We have piles and we recorded every show. So we have, I've got hundreds of tapes and there are at least tens and twenties and eighties. And, and so listening to those for performances was the first thing. That wasn't so bad. Listening, because you listen till you hear something that you wouldn't want to put on the record and then you go to the next one and so on and so forth. But you're listening to the same 30 songs or so, give or take over, you know, a period of time. And then when you find one, like in the case of Shaken All Over on, on this particular record, and you say, okay, this is great. It's got all the stuff I want to do in there. And there's some really tricky little things in that song, in that version that we didn't do the other time. Um, I'll tell you the quick story. It, you know, did you, you guys heard the record yet? Have you heard the that track? Shaking yes. All over? Okay. In the beginning, there's a guitar solo. We never did a guitar solo in the front of that song, but we're in New York. It's a guitar player's kind of home turf. We said, you know, let him go. And he opens up the song and he's doing this whole, you know, his thing. And it's a great solo and his fans are, you know, the fans are loving it. And John comes over to the side of my kid and does this. <laughs> so you know, raises his eye. I was like, have you had enough? <laughs> so I said, yeah, I've had enough. You know, this is visually. 
And so I start rumbling on the floor, Tom, Tom, and he starts rumbling on the bass, which is what you hear that build up, right? It sounds like we've done that a thousand times. We never did that before or since. We did it to get him to stop playing. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You'd never know that, but it's, it's great. So it was it was either that or you just would have unplugged him just like <laughs> well that's that's true i mean john used to say you know he was asked about the band he would say well it's bass and drums and some other guys <laughs> 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 but uh yeah so that's so um so anyway, back to the the back to the hard part the hard part was when i finally decided okay this is a track that's in contention then i bring it into my control room and i crank it because you're really you know if it's not loud you're not really hearing everything and that's when it that's when i feel the the muscles and the nerves and shoulders and my back start to you know i know what's coming and i'm get, kind of physically setting up for to play it right that's uh that's when it gets tough because you want to just drop in and be there and do that and you can't you'll, you'll never do that again right so, that's tough that's a tough reality but outside of that it was uh it was fun actually to do it because i knew that i was doing something that we both would have been proud of i know that i'm doing something that the fans will embrace and that's all that matters i you know look if we were to happen to get a a, a song in a movie or some kind of a, you know uh, some kind of other you know, reward for doing it, that'd be great. But really the, the main thing is, is that the people that still uh, want to hear John and the new people that maybe haven't heard complete John, right? this is them. Sure. Rena? No, that's a really touching story. And, and because like, you know, the, we, we sort of form these really deep uh, memory and environmental connections and i'm using the word environmental here as it because it could be a smell it could be uh like a season it could be a song and i think the songs are like the deepest ones of these i don't know if you guys can relate but i have like some albums that are great great albums but i can't listen to them because they're so connected to like a shitty time in my life that they will just bring back that uh, I, Deep can emotion, to yeah. I, I can relate to that. Um, thankfully, not from any of my own material, but when, you know, there was a, I was in a pretty successful band that did half uh, originals and, and half covers, but, but everybody wanted to hear the Led Zeppelin and the Jethro Tull, you know, and so it was hard uh, to break out of that. And now when I hear those songs, it's like, I don't want, you know, no, 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 please. Although, when tall when Ian Anderson sings it, it's a little bit easier to listen to. But I know exactly <laughs> what you mean um, because it is. It's association is what it is. It's yeah. right physical, you know, mental or whatever other sensual um, association. I get that. That's you know that's the great thing about music. It's powerful and it and it it imprints itself on you. Uh, you know, many it can take you right back, man. And just like Rena said, I drop a needle on a record and all of a sudden I'm back in high school, like listening to it for the first time. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's I'll tell you, you know, I, I played for many years with Leslie West and when I was a kid um, in the 60s. 
uh, getting ready for school, I used to put on headphones and, you know, air guitar my way around my room listening to Never In My Life. Right. And when I actually, decades later, got to play with, with Leslie and we opened with that song every night, it was like surreal. So, yeah, I mean, it's an extreme version of it. But yeah, I, I, I listen to Never In My Life now and I get that same thrill. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. And yeah. You know, it's music, you know, it's how hard was it to select the I mean, obviously, there's only a limited amount of songs that could fit on these volumes. How hard was it to select those, at least for the first two? Um, well, it was it, uh, what I really wanted to do in the first one was there were we did a we did we did a demo back in the 90s, because we really wanted to get a proper record deal for, for the band, for the John Entwistle band. And we recorded four songs, Endless Vacation, I Wouldn't Sleep With You, Left For Dead, and I think there was one other. And you have the versions or the uh, versions that are on the record. I don't think Endless Vacation is on there, but Left For Dead is. And um, and those are are not the versions we were able to use because instead of getting a traditional record deal we got offered a television show okay no problem like royalties love mailbox money and but it was a kid's show so there's no i wouldn't sleep with you you know we're not talking (laughs) (laughs) actually you know that yeah that should be a given for dead was there's a lot of, you know everybody dies in that song if you listen to words, right? the, uh, spy dies the cowboy dies the husband dies and there can be no death there can be no gloom you know there's no weapons and in, and if you listen especially in left for dead um it's uh it's, it's so obvious that we couldn't use any of that stuff so the fun part was they liked the sound and they liked the song but they, um, well, they couldn't get next to the lyrics. So we had to go and rewrite the lyrics for the television show. So meanwhile, we have all these other versions that no one's ever gonna hear. So that part of it was easy because the Left for Dead, I mean, that song in particular speaks to so many parts of John, uh, his sense of humor, um, because we really, he used to love um the reason we even had the name left for dead that was the name of our first tour because we were on the phone in the 90s in the middle of the 90s looking for what we were going to do next and what did you want to do and i said uh, you know we'll put a band together and he said yeah good idea and um he said i don't want to use the spider because he was known for boris the spider he said but i did draw this buzzard which maybe you've seen working somewhere on the album art. And I said, okay, that's great. We're left for dead. We both left for dead from our bands. Why not have a buzzard up in the tree waiting to strip our bones? Let's go. And it became a, it became a kind of morbid, half funny theme throughout all our work. So left for dead, the song, you know, is it's three versions of three people being left for dead, right? The, the spy who, and then after the spy, I'm sure you noticed a little bit of the James Bond theme in there. Mm-hmm. And then after, and then the cowboy who sleeps with the sheriff's wife can't have that on a Saturday morning. Right. Uh, and he, the bandidos get him, he's left for dead. So then you hear the Magnificent Seven. And then in John's verse, which is the 
the anniversary verse, uh, the bitch, she poisoned me. That's not going to make That's it. not going to fly either, right? And so what do we do? What do we run out, out of that song? That's where we decided, well, let's just play my wife, which is what we did. We did the run out to my wife at the end of the, the, the romantic verse. Right. And that was another thing. We were having so much fun playing it. On the record, it just fades right out like a, a regular you know, English fade or, or American mm-hmm. fade. But we were just playing crazy. It was such in the spirit of the band jamming and just having fun i let it run to the end and uh you can't really do that in any other medium but this right so why not let people hear the guy play that's why they that's why they came to the circus but hey what i wanted to ask was you you mentioned your stream now a couple of times tell us a little bit more about that oh well um this is where i do it here from space and basically what it is is what you remember when i mean when the pandemic whole thing started everybody canceled everything there was just playing anywhere everything was locked down and all of my friends started doing live streams um playing you know taking requests or, right. or you know they were doing this with lots of people watching and they'd take requests and do different things and play songs and sometimes it was more than so a friend said, you know, you, you should really do a show, you know, it would be a lot of fun because I, I mean, you can tell I'm very shy, um, and interfere very well. So I thought, okay, but if I'm going to do it, you know, I'm always about the road, less traveled, try something new. I think that's one of the reasons John and I got a, along so well is because we weren't interested in doing something again. We wanted to do something new for the first time. So I said, well, what show can I possibly do night after night that will be engaging for people? And I decided, I had a friend that, you know, you, you all have those friends that come on the road with you for a week or two and they get to see the whole thing. And, and you kind of get a perspective because they're civilians and then they hear all the chatter in the dressing room or the bus or whatever. And so it occurred to me that many people would like to hear that conversation like this. I mean, it's, this is, that's what we're doing here. This is basically my show, but I do it just with one person at a time. So my phone book is insane. I mean, I can get to anybody with one or two phone calls. And But what's it like if you call up Steve Stevens after 30 years and say, Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, hey Steve. Yeah. What's, what do you want? You know? So, but... If I had, if I met that person on the road, at you know, in the lobby of a hotel, on a bus, in a green room, a dressing room, it'd be a much different thing. So I got a showrunner, a, a guy named Angus Deckern, who's also a bass player, and I gave him the contact email, contact details for everybody in my phone book. And he called, you know, sent him a message, said Steve's doing this, and it's just guys coming on the show, and it's I do not talk to them until they log just like this and so we're meeting not meeting but reacquainting for the first time it's hey man and you go through that whole first half hour of what like we just did do you so ask I, them how their balls are oh, every time it's actually, <laughs> in the waiting room it says how are your balls no <laughs> How do you balls deal with the lack of gravity in space? I feel like a theme coming on here, you know. (laughs) Oh, totally. I I 
I know there's a T-shirt. Yes, but, but I'm gonna I'm we gonna should, pursue royalties. Like a- right, I'm gonna pursue royalties if it's used on your show, though. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think we should start a spin-off show. How's your balls? And it's just. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, some people would watch at least once. <laughs> I, I know a bunch of people who would watch reruns. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't even remember where I was. What are we talking about? You were talking about that stream of yours. And that's, that's like really interesting. Oh, so nice. Where are you? Is it like, so you're doing it like we are. So it's, it's available yeah. everywhere. Basically. Yeah, you find it. Yeah. I, I, if, if you go to Facebook, it's Facebook forward slash drum crusher. If you, uh, let's see, on Twitter, it's at Drum Crusher. On, um, we don't do it on Instagram. On Twitch, it's just Steve Longo. Uh, on Facebook, you can find it Steve Longo. YouTube, you can find it Steve Longo. Um, it's pretty easy to find. And it's been doing it for a few, almost, oh, almost three years. Nice. And uh, I've talked to so many of my friends and met so many new people. Um, it's really, it's been the most refreshing part of this third act of my career because I've reconnected with people. I did a thing. In fact, there's a, a friend, a new friend that I had on the show, uh, named Big Swede. He's a huge DJ uh, remix guy. And I was doing a thing in the beginning of the show called Pass the Peas, which is, um, not the Mace Parker record, but you know, it's just, a thing I have a studio in my house. Thank you, thank you. And so I'll go in and lay a drum track down and send it to a bass player, and he can play whatever he wants to it, and he can send it to a guitar player. But it's kind of like playing telephone only with a drum track and then a bass and drum track. And there's it's the closest we love to jam, I love to just play freeform music and just see where it goes. This is as close as I could get to it, and so sometimes the track will come back around and it'll be so good that I'll replay the drums to what everybody else was playing. And it's just, you know, so, uh, so big sweet, I'm, I'm working on a track for him and, uh, you know, that's, that's just, it's incredible. Steve Stevens did a track and nice. it's, so we get inventive, you know, we get inventive. And so the show is what spawned all that uh, big Swede was guest. You know, I didn't know him. I knew who he was, obviously, from his IMDb. And uh, we were introduced by a publicist. He came on the show. We just talked about, hey, man, what are you doing? He, You know, I get asked as many questions as I ask because it's a proper conversation. So it's, you know, it's it's seven to eight. Uh, unless, you know, that's where the dinner flag goes. <laughs> and it's funny because I know I don't really watch a clock, although I try to, you know, I have a lot of, fans that like to be done go watch pbs or something at eight o'clock <laughs> but um I can- yeah that's a, that's a tricky one i actually do like a another podcast on something completely different which is uh mental health and this is in finnish and it's a finnish concept but it's like a it's like a constant thing that we aim for one hour episodes and then around one and a half hours we go like all right time wrapping this up and then 30 minutes later at two hour mark <laughs> it's it's done you know but it's like when 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 you get people talking about stuff that they actually care about and you get people to sort of 
open up on stuff that they maybe don't have the forum or have the like adequate mirror to bounce things off of and then you get them to that situation i think it's super fruitful to just let the conversation flow let the music flow as you do you know you're not going to be checking your watch when you're like jamming away it's 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 over when it's over right you know well right i mean you know unfortunately there are time constraints whether it's the 40 minute you know zoom rule or whatever but yeah especially a forum situation i mean i like i used to try to end my show which is called rock and roll show and tell i had a friend and uh, that i came up in primary school with who said i always brought drumsticks or something to to show and tell and i figured there you go we'll call it rock and roll show and tell but um i i always try to uh i try to make it interesting and the fact that you have a forum especially mental health you know the the weirdest part of it is it goes hand in hand with what i do because there is such a it's such a painful world right now and people need that connection and i'm very lucky because you know a lot of my friends have been in isolation and the worst thing that's the worst thing in the world for a for a peacock you know you have to be out there doing what you do and and it's like your mission you know if you're a lifer like many of us are you can't it's not like oh okay well i'll start you know writing a movie or something it's you know it's just Mm. you have to do what you do but but i understand totally about trying to shut it down when i first did my show um if you have you seen the actor steal, you know, with, with James? Yeah. Brown? Okay. He always does the questionnaire at the end. Right? Yeah. Have a curse word, a smell or whatever the sound you love the most. So I said, well, that'd be a way to end it. Right. You know, because why not? You ask somebody and my thing was, where's your favorite restaurant on the road? What's your f- absolute favorite song to play live? least favorite song to play live if you could play any other instrument other than the one you play what would it be and you could play one performance with any musician or group of musicians live or dead who would it be well you ask somebody that question you're on for another half hour (laughs) right Right. asking the question to the beginning of the show but um but you know i mean we try to reel it in because you know (laughs) I want to go back to something you said earlier, but that's how I met Rena. She was a guest on the show, what, three years ago, Rena? Two and a half, something like that. And I we had the best time. Album. <laughs> that's great. That's, I, I'm, believe me, that's, that's fantastic. That's the power of, the, of our industry. That's the power of technology when it's used in the right way. Bravo. Yeah, I agree. And it's the power of love. Yes. Yeah. Lo- love you, Rena. <laughs> yeah, I love you too, Bruce. <laughs> no, but it, it truly is. No, no. <laughs> I love your balls, Bruce. It's my favorite part of you. It's your balls. <laughs> For sure. And I have it on tape. Steve Luongo loves my balls. Is my laughter. Yes. Sorry, I was just but saying. Yeah, that. brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. I don't have anything else. Reno, you got anything else? Well, if, if if we may ask one of your questions, bounce one of those bad boys right back at you. What would be the favorite song for you to play? Wow. Live? The, the, 
Yeah, live. It's oddly enough, it's a it would be a cover song. It would be we when I was in Rat Race Choir, we used to do Thick as a Brick by Jethro Tull yeah. in its entirety. So that would have to be certainly way up there because it's got every kind of drumming in it that I could ever want to do in one song. So it satisfies so much of my needs because there's so Barrymore Barlow, who was the drummer on that particular record, is such a brilliant player and weaves jazz and rock and roll. So it, it would either be that. I'm trying to think if it would be. Well, Shake All Over was pretty fun to play. So one of those, one of those. Nice. One of those. Good, good answers. Good answers. Thank Thank you. You. Yes. So the guys, I mean, listen, um, when you when you finally do edit, you know what? We're hang on a second. You, you deserve this. You deserve this. I'm gonna. Oh, we're gonna get something <laughs> special. I know it. Oh yeah, it's coming. It's it's coming right now. In the jungle, <laughs> the You're a very oh good boy. God. Very good boy. Yeah, I figured, you know, we had to have a performance, right? That was that was brilliant. That was actually like that made my year. <laughs> that's uh that makes my year. That's that's great. Um yeah, listen, he's <laughs> life is a joy, kids. We're lucky that we get to live it the way we do. We're lucky that we get to do what we do and interface with each other. And for me, it was a pleasure hanging with you guys. If there's anything else that you want or need, just, you know, reach out to me and we'll get it done. Thank you, Steve. You clearly are a absolutely class A, grade A person, human, Thanks. humanoid, whatever we no. want to call each other in space. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll take it anyway. Bruce, you're muted. You can't hear all the wonderful things that you're saying. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I just said I appreciate it. My sentiments are exactly the same, man. It was a great chat. I appreciate you taking the time, man. That was a great and that was a great chat. I don't even want to call it an interview. It was just a chat, and it was a blast. That's what that's what it should be, man. And and it was a blast for me as well. And I'm happy to follow up with you anytime. Absolutely, we'll have you back. I'll hit you up again because I'd love to chat some more. Hey, man. Like I said, anytime, and we'll have to get you on my show because yes. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. I, I'm just over there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. And depending on what like uh, account you use, I'm usually also in space, not in San Francisco. I, well, you know, I, mean, I have because I do this show. I have um, you know different. I, I can do. Let's see. I can do. I can do this. No, I can't do that. I have um, different backgrounds, like the album cover, you know, uh, nice. from Oxumed. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Who fans will know this, this artifact right here? You, does that, does that, um, oh. does that ring a bell to anybody? Not me, but. Did you ever see the film, The Kids Are All Right? 
Oh, yeah. Years ago, like in a midnight movie when I was in high school. Yeah. Okay. Do you recall John Entwistle smashing his gold records and taking them out to the archery lawn? Yes. Well, that's why that gold record has uh, bullet holes in it. Nice. You remember, he couldn't hit it with a shotgun, Mm -hmm. so he pulled out a Thompson submachine gun and blasted it with that. Nice. (laughs) Hence the uh, gold record. And I hid all kinds of stuff in here. I just had such uh, such fun doing it um, that, you know, hiding things like that. There's all kinds of craziness in here. Um, You know, some of his favorite things that people knew, Winston 100 and so on, but a lot of other things that maybe they don't. So, like I said, I did this one for the fans and, uh, you know, I hope everybody enjoys it. I have absolutely Thanks, had a pleasure chatting with you, my friend. Thank you so much. And we're going to do this again. And you have a lovely yes. day, I think. Yes, day. Yes, day. Day. A lovely time. Absolutely. Be All well, right. my friend. Take care. See you later. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.